Thanks, guys. Uh, if you just take up the offering. All right. Uh, just a little plug for morning prayer, by the way. Um, we start at 9 o'clock in the room over there with the shiny window. And we just love as many people as can come to just come in and pray. We have, honestly, we have a, let, let's use that phrase again, may as well just double it up, a whale of a time in there. Um, but we feel like, you know, when you go in, you come out and, and perhaps maybe you're one of these people that finds it really hard on Sunday morning to get in the mood, you know, for church. I don't know if there's any of you like that. Um, or you all bounce out of bed and you're like, man, church is on today. The kids were up early, it's sort of like Christmas. And it's like that. Well, if that's not you, I don't know how you're going to get here earlier. But anyway, nine o'clock, half an hour. If, if prayer is something that you like, well, I can never get to prayer meetings and never this, that or the other, half an hour early on a Sunday morning, even if it was once a month, just come and join us and pray for the, the service. It's really, honestly, it's really good. Um, you walk in there, you feel the presence of God straight away. And you have this chance to just pray over people coming into the service, pray for um, people that are here for the first time, pray for the kids' church, pray for me, pray for the music team, pray for Darwin. Thank God for his faithfulness and goodness. And um, it, it's a powerful thing. Seriously, prayer is so powerful. I, I mentioned that the other week, that sometimes we don't pray because we don't think God will actually do anything. And so it's not even exciting, but just getting that whole expectancy of what God might do through prayer, some reason he's chosen to join us with him in that. Why did he do that? I have no idea because we're... Why does God want us? I don't know, but he does. Well, I do know. It's because he loves us and um, he sent his son to die for us, to set us free. So it's going to be just talking a little bit about how to grow as a Christian today and how actually easy it is. Like we all go, oh, it's so difficult. God do these great things for God. I remember when I was younger, um, I had a friend who was really into the gym. Has anyone had friends like that? You know, they just love the gym. They like, you know, they lift their weights and stand in front of the mirrors and, you know, I think that's a muscle. You know, especially when you're young and a teenager, it's like you're working really hard and you're still skinny. And then um, all of a sudden this muscle pops up and you're like, ooh, what's that? Um, but he, he was um, going to the gym one day and he's like to me, oh, do you want to come and spot me at the gym? I'm like, I can see you now. Like, what does that mean? Is like, where's Wally at the gym? Oh, there you are. You're over there. Or get a little pen out and put spots all over him. I didn't know really what it was. I sort of had an idea, had some mates doing it. But I go along and you go up and it's like spotting. If you don't know, is anyone here not know what spotting at the gym is? Yes, okay. So you have someone lying down. Generally, it's with your, your bench press. So they're on their back lifting those big weights. You know, it's like mm, big grunts and groans. And So he's doing that. And so my job was to stand about where he's just in front of his head, hold the bar so that when he got to that point where he actually couldn't lift the bar back up onto the rack, which holds the weight so it doesn't fall in him, that I could actually help him. And, um, yeah, it's boring. But it's all right, it's good. We go and do weights. But, of course, I, I don't do weights normally. You know, I, I just sort of do other stuff. 
eat ice cream and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> no, had a, fit, had a fit life. I was more into running. But anyway, we're doing that. And then it's like, oh, it's your turn now. And you're like, well, I can't, you know, let him embarrass me by lifting heavier weights. So you get on there and you're like, okay, he did 10, I can do 10. And you're pumping away and you get it done, but it really hurts. Have you ever done that where you sort of push yourself beyond the limits and you're like, yeah, this hurts. And so when next time he does it, you just sort of push down instead of lift up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're weak, mate. Um, anyway, the thing is that at the end of that day, you know, you drive there and you're like this in your car. You're driving home and you sort of like can hardly move the steering wheel. And you get in the shower and you're like, I've got to wash my shoulder. And you're like, oh, got it. But it's really hard. And, and yet at the same time, someone who does that all the time, they don't find it hard. It's a very easy thing for them to do. They're already strong. They've, they've lifted their weights. They've got their fitness up. And I was fit in different areas to that. And we find that in life, that's pretty much what it is with everything. That what it is about is consistency, being constant, being regular in what we do. And it's no different for the Christian life. We sometimes think that, that, that Christian life is somehow this, this up and down of like high highs and low lows, you know, the deserts, the valleys, the, the hills, the mountains, whatever, uh, the, the oceans, the rivers, all those things we sing in songs. But we often think of our Christian walk as being hard because we have this weight of expectation on us that somehow we've got to be great. Somehow I have to do something amazing for God for it to be counted towards anything. And, and we, we compare ourselves to other people. We're like, man, I can't believe how did they pray like that. I can see how they're working with their kids. What's going on? Why is it so amazing? I look at their marriage and I'm like, why is their marriage so good? And mine's, you know, this, this mishmash of good and bad. And, and, you know, what about my faith life with knowing the Word of God, I feel like I have to go to Bible college or, you know, this big course that's on that I'm going to sit down and learn all the Bible, I'm going to download it in a day and I'm going to listen to, to three chapters of the Bible a day, I'm going to read the Bible in six months or a year or whatever it might be and, and we place this pressure on ourselves to, to be a superhuman in our performance rather than just let the persistence, the constancy, the consistency, the everydayness take hold of our Christian life because that is where you actually grow. Think about the, the, the world in general, the, the way that plants work. If you had a look out at the desert, what do you see with plants? They're stunted. They're, they don't grow very much. They're, they're struggling for survival. They're clinging on to every little drop of moisture that lands on the earth and then you go and look at a rainforest. You see plants and animals and fruit and trees and there's life everywhere. There's water, there's, there's growth. It's thick. It's hard to get through. And the only difference is the consistency of the rain in those areas. And as Christians, our job is to actually just be an everyday Christian that every day I am a Christian, every day I enter into the things that God has for me. I just want to read firstly from Acts um, chapter 2, I think it is. Let's have a look. What do we got up there? 
And this is just talking about the early church. Now, there's some things in here where we're like, well, do we have to sell everything and all these sorts of things? It seems to be a special time. And when you look at the commentaries, they say it wasn't a long-lasting time. But it showed the heart of this dramatic salvation that they had. Uh, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's interesting, although there were some things in in that little passage there that would challenge us with our lifestyle, there seems to be this great emphasis on one being devoted, one being consistent, so each day and all the while praising God in the temple. So we saw they met regularly, they prayed regularly, they worshipped regularly, they ate together regularly, and they lived their life in a way that showed that they every day were Christians and worshipped and served God. And for us it's that same call on our life. I think um, if we look, Luke 9.23, is that our next verse? I'm sorry, I'm a little bit out here. Here we are, that's our, our third verse. But in Philippians, for us as Christians, the importance of putting things into practice in our life. Philippians, well, I can't see the chapter there, 4.9, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. And Luke 9.23, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways Take up your cross daily and follow me. Again, we see this whole pattern of consistency in our life. It's that what you've seen and learned, keep putting it into practice. Do it daily. Take up your cross every day and follow me. Live your life daily for him. And the thing is, like I said, often we think that it has to be the spectacular, amazing or wonderful things that we do that will grow us. But when you have a baby, when they're measuring its weight, what they're looking for is a consistent growth in the weight. Why? Because they're feeding every day. Because every day this nutrition is going into their body and doing something in their body to help them to grow. And what do we long for in our life? What is the person that we love in our life? And I'd have to say this, it is a consistent person, isn't it? They're the friend that shows up. They're the one who's reliable. They're the one who we know that they're not going to be angry one day and happy the next and then sad the next day and then they might be happy again and then one minute they love to see you, the next minute they're talking behind your back. You want a person who is consistent in their behaviour and their character. And that is what God is calling us to be, consistent people, that we have a consistent character And we have consistent behaviour. Because consistency brings results. You know that's true. When you first start out exercising, you start out and it's really, really hard. And after the first two or three days, you just want to quit because it's just such a big effort 
to get out there and run or lift weights or go to your Pilates class or whatever it might be, I will warn you against those classes. They told me to stand on one leg, put my leg out that way, holding my toe with my arm and keep it straight. That doesn't work. <laughs> Not for me. But the whole point is that consistency brings growth. It's not a mystery, guys. If you want to be a strong, faithful, solid believer, just be consistent. That's it. Every day, live for Christ in different ways. What, what is it that, that we need to do? And what areas may we look for consistency in our life? I think consistency in believing God and worshipping Him is important. As I said before, often we think that I've got to pray for seven hours to actually be a Christian, a seven-hour block of time. But God is calling us to a consistent lifestyle of prayer, of gathering together, to be consistent in our marriages and relationships, to be consistent in our discipline with our children and our time with our children, consistent in our evangelism, all those things together. So to be a strong Christian, what do you need to be? Consistent. And that includes, number one, consistently worshipping God in different ways. That you don't allow your life to be that life where you're not consistently worshipping him, that, that your faith is reliant on your feelings. But your faith goes deeper than that and it turns into worship. Can we have our next slide up, please? Consistent in our gathering together. This is one of the things that we, we have struggled with and I've got to be honest with you, there's a lot of churches, uh, I was talking to a guy in America the other day, and he said they're only still just getting back together because of what's happened with COVID. Fellowship was lost. People lost connection with one another as Christians. But in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially that the, now that the day of his return is drawing near. How easy is it to neglect coming together with other Christians? We all lead busy lives, don't we? Busy watching Netflix and stuff. <laughs> but there's this, this call of the enemy is to separate the sheep from each other. And I think this is here, like this is way, way back, and he says, especially now the day of his return is drawing near, how, how much closer is that now? What he's saying is that if we do not meet together, we lose that relationship, but we also lose strength. And what I've noticed over the years is those who separate themselves from others, they end up becoming either weak or crazy. Because you're no longer caught up in a relationship that holds you accountable, that challenges the way you think, your thought life, the way you worship God, and you don't want that challenge in your life. But also you remove yourself from the encouragement of other Christians, which is what we're meant to be doing when we meet together 
Always encouraging one another in faith. As a church, what I'd love to see is these three things. Number one, we love God. So our hearts are connected with him. We worship him. Number two, we're in fellowship with other believers, which is why it's important for people to firstly gather on a Sunday, but secondly, to gather with smaller groups that are centred around Christ. It's very important that we do not neglect this. Now, how hard is that? We've got two things now. Just be consistent in your worship of God. Be consistent in gathering together. You want to be a strong Christian? Be consistent. You don't have to be amazing. You don't have to be in charge of some great ministry to be strong in faith. You just need to be consistent in what you do and how you live for Him. Be consistent in prayer. Is that, is that my next one? Yeah, look at that. Luke, first of all, chapter 18, verse 1. One day Jesus told His disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And the second verse there is from what we call the Lord's Prayer. Matthew six eleven. give us this day our daily bread. Why have I put that up? Well, obviously, if Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray, pray, give us today our daily bread, how often are we praying? At least daily, right? That, that we are saying, you know what? I might not be the best prayer in the world. I might not be able to pray for three hours, but my whole life becomes a prayer. Lord, today... I'm committing myself to you. Today I'm asking you for my needs to be met. Today I'm asking you to forgive my sins. Today I'm asking you to keep me from temptation. Today I'm asking you to keep me from the evil one. Today I'm declaring your kingdom over my life. Today I'm declaring that your will be done over my life. Today I'm declaring that you, God, are holy. And this is the beauty of the Lord's Prayer, which is a pattern for us to pray. He said, pray after this manner. Remember, first of all, to start off praising God for how good he is and, and our Father who is in heaven. Firstly, that everything we have comes from him, that he's in heaven, the highest authority of everywhere. He is in charge and, and the Lord of all. And, and so we start our prayer that way, every day in worship of our God. Your name's Holy God. As soon as I start to think about His name being holy, holy is your name, what happens to me is as I'm concentrating and thinking about that, what happens to me on the inside, I'm like, man, you're a holy God. I need to live the same way. Change me, Lord. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, I want to see your kingdom in my, in my life, in my church's life, in my community's life, in my family's life. I want to see your kingdom established, the kingship of God in my life and my family's life. I want your will to be done. Lord, I don't want to be following my own way. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. God, I need you today. Submitting myself to him. Forgive us our trespasses or the sins that we do. Every day keeping short accounts with God. How long is it since you've actually asked God to forgive you for stuff? And how long since you forgave the other? As I forgive those who sin against me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Are you praying, God, can you keep me from temptation's door? 
God, I don't want to be put into situations where there's temptation that I have to face. We know we're going to face it, but God, keep me from it. Deliver me from the evil one. Help me to recognize that Satan's in this world every single day and that I need to stand up against him. Deliver me from the evil one. And then rounding it up for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Can you see that consistency? And that's why Jesus is saying it. Pray every day. And if you are like in the Lord's Prayer, which I love because Jesus said, pray after this manner. That's how I pray. Of course, every day I'm praying about other things all the time. But those times when I get to that place and you're like, I don't know what to pray, God. Just pull out the Lord's Prayer and start praying through it. Start praying through it every day because as you do, it will change your life. What about your marriages and relationships? One of the things that I've noticed is there's a real big push for the extravagant, isn't there? If you've ever watched The Bachelor, I will not judge you. I have seen a few episodes myself. But you've got this guy, usually... Oh, I suppose they're meant to be good-looking, and they probably are, and good-looking girls, and you know they're looking for love, and they're, you know, they're usually, to be honest, they're they're moving on in life. They've had relationships. They're like, man, I just need something real. So let's go to this place where we get fake dates, live in a fake mansion, and have a fake boyfriend, and find real love. It does, it, does, it, does, it does work sometimes, apparently. But what's the thing there? Oh, he took me on this date. No one's ever done this for me before. He took me off in a helicopter and put roses everywhere. And he doesn't do that in real life. They've got someone there, a sponsor, paying for all that stuff. But often we think that way in our marriage, don't we? You know, like, you sometimes see this big deal, I should have got my anniversary. I'd say that to Joe every year. <laughs> no, I don't. But it was funny that, that one year we both forgot it. We were walking through the shopping centre and someone goes, happy anniversary, guys. And we looked at each other and went, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for remembering. <laughs> but we love our anniversary in the special times. We love the birthdays to remember one another, which is all really good. But there's something that I often thought about. I remember talking to a guy once. And he was all about that. He'd done this most extravagant thing for his wife and, and yet they still had all these problems in their relationship. And, and the thought just came to mind for me that it's better off to eat a meal every day than to feast once a month. What do I mean by that? Well, if I'm only eating once a month and it's a feast, I'm suffering. That feast is great. It's a good time. But, but what about the everyday stuff we do for each other in marriages? Uh, uh, is every day... That day where you're consistent in showing your love, not just waiting for that special moment so you can declare it to the world. Not only often is that all about yourself anyway, to make yourself look good and appreciated and please thank me. And I really should do it in public so everyone else cheers and claps as well. But what are the little things you do in your marriage relationship? Are you consistent? 
Do you consistently get up in the morning and and make your husband or wife a cup of tea or some toast? Do you consistently say I love you? Do you consistently say goodbye when they leave in the morning? Do you consistently give them a kiss when they come home? Do you consistently encourage them? Do you consistently tell them they're beautiful or handsome, whatever it might be? Do you consistently say, you're the one for me? Because declaring it aloud and in a great way is fantastic. But as I said before, if you're only eating once a month, you're starving in between. And that is no way to live. With your children, it's the same thing. Consistency and discipline is so important. Whatever you read, it's being consistent. Because what happens if you're not? You end up acting out of anger, out of reaction to what they've done. And again, it's more about you than them. You've bottled things up and you're letting it out. And I often think of discipline like driving. When you're driving on the road, what do you notice that you're doing all the time? Correcting, right? Even on a straight road, if you've ever been driving down to Alice Springs or something like that, the road ahead is long and it's straight, but all the time you're doing these little corrections. Now, I don't know if you've ever fallen asleep at the wheel, But when you wake up, the correction is a bit different. It's like, ah, (laughs) screech, turn, spin, roll, hopefully you don't crash. But as a parent, you cannot afford to be asleep at the wheel with your children's behavior. Because what will happen is we turn discipline into punishment. And rather than being about correcting them to the right course, we make it punishing them for the things they've done wrong. And discipline is meant to be consistent. Of course it's meant to be loving. And you need to be consistently in their life. I was thinking the other day, like when our kids grew up and they became teenagers, you hit the teenage years and to be honest, they're leaving your home in four to five years, maybe longer, a little bit longer. Can you remember how quickly the first four to five years of their life went? It was like a smoke, a vapour, especially if you then had another one. All of a sudden you're busier and then three. Parents, be there for your kids. Be consistently in their life. Again, that analogy of the feasts and eating every day comes to mind. And you see that on movies as well. Like pretty much every family movie you watch on, on the, at the cinema has, starts off with a divorced couple, doesn't it? Dad's looking after the kid and he's hopeless, of course. He always forgets everything. And he's got these big plans. Yeah, I'm going to do this with your kid. And he has to ring up and cancel. But the kid is so looking forward to it because they're let down every single day of their life. And not only that, because of the way these things are written, the dad's not in their life at all. Now, you do not have to be divorced to be an absent father. You can be an absent father being married. And you're just not there for your kids. 
Again, it's like we think we need to do these amazing things and how many times do you parent out of guilt because you haven't spent time, you haven't done something and so you have to make it up to them. And it's like, I haven't fed you every day, let me give you a feast. Thinking that that's going to fix everything, but it won't. As parents, make sure that you are consistently in your kid's life, that you can consistently correct and discipline, that you consistently love, that you consistently spend time with, that you consistently teach them about the Lord. What's our next one there? Mm. Consistent in declaring the Word of God to other people. So if we think about what a, what, what's a good disciple, guys? If I said to you, what does a disciple look like? Some people aren't familiar with that term. It's a very Christian term, mostly used. Disciple is to be a learner, someone who grows like someone else. To be a disciple, we have to do these things. One, love God. Number two, love each other, which is why we talked about the consistency of worship, prayer, and the word, and the consistency of meeting together. How can you possibly love anyone you don't spend time with? You don't really love them. And you have to serve the church and the world, and you have to get the message out there. So, this is in Peter, he's talking about you know, making sure you live a good life and if you're persecuted for doing good, it's okay because that's um, you know, what people do to you sometimes if you're living for Jesus. Now, who will want to harm you? This is 1 Peter 3, verse 13 to 16. If you're eager to do good, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Let's ask you this question. Does be ready mean that you're consistent? You're ready all the time. You're ready at a moment's notice. That's because inside your life you've built up this love of God and, and in Acts it talks also about how that they daily preached the message of Jesus Christ wherever they went. Are you consistent in sharing your faith? If you want to be a strong, wise Christian, learn to be consistent. In your life, you will know of places where they talk about the climate. What's the climate like there? So we'll go, what's the climate like in Hawaii, for example? Oh, it's warm, it's beautiful, there's sea breezes, you know, all year round, it's, it's relaxed and it's just beautiful. What's the weather like? Sometimes you can get a cyclone go through, or hurricane, whatever they call it. Sometimes it's sunny, sometimes it's rainy, but sometimes it's terrible weather. Every now and then it's terrible. And what I would say to us as Christians is create a good climate. That your life, if people said, 
what's Neil like? They're not second guessing. They're not saying, oh, you know, he came in the other day and he was really angry about everything and we didn't know what to do and then the next day he came in happy and we're like, what the heck? The next day he came in and he was saying how he went out partying all night and got drunk and everything like that. The next day he came in and said, we all need to believe in Jesus and repent from our sins. Can you see what I'm saying? Now we know that sometimes we mess up or we have a bad day or something like that. In our marriages, sometimes we fight over stuff that we shouldn't fight over because of the weather that day. But don't you think that as Christians that our climate should be different to that? That if someone looked at my life, that they can say, what's Neil like? Well, I know he's, well, I'm hoping that they see, yeah, you know, he, he does pray all the time. He really believes in God. Oh, yeah, he, he, um, he reads his Bible, I know that. You know, we often talk and, and he talks about what God's done in his life and he's sharing the good news with me. Oh, you know, in his relationships, he's always kind of people. Every time you see him, he's happy and he's smiling and if something's wrong, it's, it's just weird because that's not who he is. He doesn't, he's not volatile and, you know, blows up every day because something's going wrong in his life, but there's this consistency in him and he's consistently kind to me, you know, when I needed help, he's consistently kind. I, I hope that that's what I can build into my life. Oh, yeah, Neil, yeah, no, nah, he goes, you know, we could invite Neil out. No, nah, he doesn't go out to places like that. I know he doesn't. That's not where he likes to go. He's, he's a nice guy, but, you know, he's not going to come to the strippers with us. I know that. Consistent in his behaviour. What about on Sunday morning? Oh, we're all going out fishing and whatever, and it's okay to go fishing sometimes, don't get me wrong, but they go like, oh, Sunday, no, nah, we can't go Sunday Let's go Saturday so Neil can come because he goes to church on Sunday. You know, that's his lifestyle. He loves that. You know, Neil, he, he loves his Christian brothers and sisters. I know he always meets with them, talks with them. He's consistent. He always tells us about God and what God's doing in his life. He, I know he believes in Jesus because he talks about it. And you know, I'm not interested at the moment, but one day I might be. But I know if I go to Neil, he's got the answer that day. What's the climate around your life? What would people generally think you're like? What would they generally associate with you? That's the climate. Yeah, the weather sometimes goes a bit wrong. But what's God building in your life? Are you consistent in that? Are you worshipping? Are you praying? Are you reading his word? Are you fellowshipping with other Christians? Are you being consistent in your relationships? And are you sharing continually the message of Christ? Being a strong Christian is not a mystery and it's actually not hard. It's so hard to be. No, it's not. Just keep putting it into practice. You know, if I'd gone back to the gym every day with my mate, I don't know how long it takes, but let's say two or three weeks, 
doing the same weights. I go home and I can actually just go like this in the gym. No problem. It's not hard. It's just consistent. And God is calling us to that. And if you went through and looked at the everyday do these things, always do those things in the Bible, it'd say things like always be joyful, always serve the Lord. I don't know, have that one? Have I got always serve the Lord enthusiastically up there? Is that, or is that it? Is there another one, Dave? I don't know. That's it? All done? I should have done another one too. But always serve the Lord enthusiastically. How often? Always. Just do it. Maybe that can be our new slogan. Just do it. I'm sure no one else has used that. <laughs> Let's pray. Now, it may be that you have never even given your life to Jesus. Or as I've been talking this morning, you're like, I am such an inconsistent Christian. I just want to pray with you this morning. I'm just going to pray a prayer that covers two things. One, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never become a Christian and taken opportunity of his death on the cross, that opportunity to just pray with me and ask him into your life. And number two, that if you've been inconsistent in your Christian walk, that you would begin to change those ways so you can become strong. If that's you this morning, you just pray with me. Father God, I'm so sorry for sinning against you. Lord, I haven't given myself completely to you. This morning I'm just asking you to forgive me of my sin. I know that on the cross, Jesus took my sin. I believe it today and I thank you that I can walk with you because of what he has done. I pray that you would enter my life in power, that I would know you. From this day on, I want to live for you and I dedicate my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And for the rest of us, we're just going to um, stand and worship and just do that dedication to God. I'll pray for all of us in a second. But if you've got prayer that you especially want, please come down the front and I'll just pray with you or someone else, whatever. Um, but let's just see what God can do in our lives. Hey? Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father God, that there's no mystery in what it's like to be a Christian. It's just planting a seed and watering it in our lives. Lord, help us to be consistent in what we do, to take it as important, Lord, and not look for the spectacular, but just do the everyday. And Lord, within those moments, I know there's going to be spectacular, but let them be a celebration, not a necessity, because we're so hungry. Lord, that we might just be able to enjoy those times. Lord, I just pray for times of refreshing on people here, Lord God, to just enter in to your goodness this morning. Father, just let your spirit fall on this place, Lord, as we stand and worship. Lord, I just pray that lonely hearts would be filled, that empty lives would be filled. Lord, that healing would come. Lord, that peace would come to people. Lord, that we would see miracles as you work, Father God. Lord, let us draw close to you now, Father God. First and foremost, love you well today. just want to thank you for what you're doing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.